other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. most interesting communities anywhere in the world. And uh, the person that is going to help us take a look at that today is the morning man at the fa- my favorite radio station that does not carry our show, WPG Talk Radio in Atlantic City. Harry Hurley is not only one of the finest radio broadcasters in America, it's not just me saying that, but Talkers Magazine has said that, the uh, New Jersey Broadcasters Association has said that, everybody said that. He's in the New Jersey Broadcasters Hall of Fame. First South Jerseyan ever to be in that Hall of Fame. He's also a former Trump Casino executive and a longtime friend of mine. Harry, good morning. Thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Frank, great to be on the other side of midnight. And I love your love for Atlantic City. Well, thank you. Yeah, I feel like people really get down on Atlantic City, especially people that don't visit there and people that uh, have not been there in a while. And uh, sometimes people, uh, I get emails and uh, Facebook correspondence saying, oh, you're not really telling the truth about what goes on in Atlantic City. Meanwhile, I feel like I do a pretty good job putting a balanced perspective. And if my enthusiasm uh, for visiting Atlantic City leads to a rosier picture, then so be it. I guess the same thing could be said about when I speak of New York or or a a variety of other things. Uh, Harry, Tuesday was Election Day. Let me get your initial thoughts on how the elections uh, turned out. Uh, Are you pleased? Are you not? so pleased. Give me your your hot take on the election. I I must be in an alternative universe because I have not been playing this game that the national media and their fellow Democrats are feverishly trying to spin losing into winning. Because when you win, you win. Nobody said the Astros didn't win the World (laughs) Series because they won game four, three to two (laughs) instead of 10 to one. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, Republicans have won the House. They'll have at least 225 to 230 seats. That's a great win. They're probably going to win the Senate in the neighborhood of 51 or 52 seats. If you said these numbers in advance, everyone would call that a great win. This is being spun into somehow Biden will not have a challenge now within the Democratic Party. He's a winner. The Democrats are winners. Hey, how about 200 million that they blew on perennial losers, Beto O'Rourke? And Stacey Abrams, maybe that could have been spent on winning some House seats. 
uh, I, I look at this very differently than the spin I'm hearing right now. Uh, so uh, the day before the election, you posted on Facebook, the, uh, you said a whole lot of bad Democrats are getting fired tomorrow. Can you say great day? It will be a great day in America. Now, a lot of other folks that I follow on, on social media were saying similar things. And then when the results came in and uh, maybe it wasn't the tsunami of uh, winning 54 seats in the U.S. Senate and winning uh, blue state governorships like in Oregon and New York and in uh, other places like that, they ended up being disappointed. Do you think that's a reflection, as you say, of people buying into the the spin that uh, some in the mainstream media media and maybe the National Democratic Party is trying to spin? Well, of course, that's exactly what's happening. And there's about 55 seats that have still not been called. Mm -hmm. So there are many more races that are going to be won and lost. Uh, Democrats did lose in New York. You had the DCCC chair of finance lose his seat. I mean, that hasn't happened in, I don't think, ever. Uh, And people did lose in Oregon. And this is a much better win for Republicans, then I, I got to give them credit. I mean, it's like they had a plan. If it, it that, that overstate how how many um, seats will be won, and then when it's less than that, <laughs> declare victory. How did things turn out in New Jersey? Well, if you remember, the last time I appeared on uh, the other side of midnight with Frank Morano, I guaranteed you and your great number one listenership that Tom Kane Jr. would win the 7th Congressional District seat, that he would, in the rematch, defeat Tom Malinowski, and he comfortably did that. So that was a great win. Uh, New Jersey has three uh, Republican members of the House of Representatives. Not long ago, it was only one. And really not long ago, Republicans had the majority of the seats. So Republicans are on the move in New Jersey. They've won districts one, two, and three. Uh, at the state level, and now hold uh, two, three, and seven, uh, two, four, and seven. So it's uh, they're on the move. Uh, Tom Kane Jr. is somebody that uh, has run for statewide office before. Obviously, his family name in New Jersey public service goes back, I think, hundreds of years. He's someone that uh, I have to think has a pretty bright political future that probably extends beyond Congress, right? Couldn't, couldn't agree more. He's a really good man. And obviously his pedigree is amazing. And he brings a fantastic name to the table. Former two-term popular governor, former chairman of the 9-11 Commission with Lee Hamilton, Tom Kane Sr. Uh, Tom Kane Jr. is as good as they get. He'll be an outstanding member of the People's House. And it was a great win for the country because he's he's really a good man. Speaking of juniors, um, Robert Menendez Jr. is going to Congress and uh, his father, Bob Menendez, the U.S. Senator from New Jersey, still in Congress. They're going to be the first father and son in Congress since Ron and Rand Paul. Um, uh, Bob Menendez, of course, was opposed by Tom Kane a few years ago, I think probably about 10, uh, 12 years ago. And uh, now we're hearing a lot of these same rumors about Menendez being under 
under federal investigation. Now, I hate to kind of give life to uh, just a rumor mill, no indictment, nothing, and just act like these people are convicted. But I'm also a political realist. I'm curious, in New Jersey, are we hearing any any whispers about strong Republicans that may seek to run against Menendez in two years because of these rumors about a forthcoming indictment? Bob Menendez and people get mad at me uh, that are just so partisan they can't they can't see through their partisan anger. Bob Menendez is as close to Teflon as you will ever find. (laughs) He and I are not friends, but he knows me and I know him. I have a soft spot for the guy. I agree with your comment about this word either. And he's not indicted, but this word indictment or under federal criminal investigation, the country has taken that now to accusation is equivalent to guilt. It's a terrible thing. Bob Menendez, when he was in the thick of the previous problem with Dr. Melgan and all that stuff and the flights uh, and all of this that was going on, he couldn't be beaten then. Uh, Let me advise your audience that Robert Menendez Jr. not only won the 8th District seat, he got 73% of the vote. That almost never happens uh, in America. The Menendez name in New Jersey is not as tarnished as it is nationally. Uh, He's been immune to scandal, accusation. And by the way, when you said that um, this is rumor, this and that, it is confirmed. He's under federal criminal investigation, and it won't matter unless he's convicted. Do you see uh, any of the other seats, the current New Jersey congressional seats, which I guess this is going to be the map for the next decade, being competitive in future years. Uh, there was a lot of talk that um, the Josh Gottheimer seat might be a winnable seat for Republicans, the Mikey Sherrill seat. Are there any other Democratic congressional seats which you think the Republicans in New Jersey will be targeting in the next couple of years? Frank, I can't pick one by name, but they're going to go for all of them. Just mm-hmm. like at the state level, uh, it wasn't long ago at the state level that Democrats had had it all. Then all of a sudden, District 1 flipped. A uh, big part of that was Van Drew switching to Republican and going to the uh, United States House of Representatives. And that opened up Senator Testa to uh, to become the senator. They flipped the first. Vince Palestina, Senator Palestina, flipped the second. The, the shocking to some, but if you look at the composition, composition of the district, it shouldn't have been a surprise, but it had never happened. The sitting longest-serving Senate president in New Jersey history, Steve Sweeney, was defeated basically by a truck driver mm. uh, who spent, I think it was like 100 hours uh, on his campaign. It was, it was unbelievable, and the district has been made even more Republican now. So that went from no districts that were Republican to, as you know, you have a senator, two members of the lower uh, chamber, which is called the New Jersey General Assembly. Those six seats were all Democrats or uh, nine seats. They're all Republican now, all nine of them. So you build from there. Uh, they're going to con- they're going to contest everywhere, Frank. And some of them are not attainable. But you, you still run a race because if you give someone a pass, then they don't have to run and then sure. they can help somebody else beat you. So they're going to run everywhere. Let me ask you about this uh, question that was on the ballot in Atlantic City. I was really hoping that it would pass, and uh, it uh, looks like it was defeated. The initiative for nonpartisan elections. What happened there, and uh, if, in fact, it was defeated, what do you see as the reason as to why it was? It was defeated. It was, it, it was a close election. I'm not going to say a squeaker. 
but it was a few hundred votes difference. Uh, turnout was low, uh, and you have to give the side that wants to keep what they got credit for running a campaign to have people vote no. For your listeners, and I've studied this for the past 31 years that I've been in this business, Frank, very hard to get people to vote no. Every question you ever face in the ballot, think about it. Uh, we're going to build a new school. We're going to build a new sports stadium, uh, casino gaming, yes or no. Every question that's ever formulated is formulated with a predisposed bias that you should vote yes. Very hard to beat a yes question. They did it. They won. Uh, and so uh, this was uh, I know the mayor was v- dead set against this mayor, Marty Small. Is this well, he had to be. Let me explain that. Yeah. He had to be because he had no chance to win. If it got moved to May, he can't win. His his ability to win is predicated upon Atlantic City being about an eight, nine to one Democrat versus Republican registration city. And so when you are the Democratic nominee, you won in June in the primary you could go away for the whole general election and you can't lose. Uh, that's the reason also that the question failed, because he knew he was on the ballot. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Makes sense. Hey, uh, speaking of the uh, the mayor of Atlantic City, Friday is uh, Veterans Day. He's doing something today at the uh, Bernie Friedenberg World War II uh, Memorial. What's going on there? For those who don't know, Bernie Friedenberg was an amazing man. He won, He was awarded two Silver Star Medals, two Bronze Star Medals, two Purple Hearts, uh, just, an, just an extraordinary hero during World War II. There's going to be an amazing 3,500-pound bronze uh, statue of Bernie Friedenberg cradling um, a wounded soldier, and that is going to be a part of what's called O'Donnell Park in Atlantic City, which, by the way, is within vision of Harry Hurley Way, the street sign. Um, We have a picture up about it, actually. Uh, So that's what's going to be happening. He's going to be announcing a six-figure. He hasn't confirmed. So obviously six-figure is at least 100,000. The committee itself has raised over 350,000. It will be funded, and it will be an amazing memorial uh, that um, is – well deserved. Wonderful, wonderful. That that's great. There's um there's also on the boardwalk a, a very uh, there's just a breathtaking Korean War veteran memorial there as well. Which uh, the next time people visit Atlantic City, they should uh, absolutely be sure to check out. Whether it's Veterans Day weekend or whether it's not, it's a, a phenomenal, yep. uh, phenomenal memorial. Uh, very uh, by fitting. By the way, Frank, also Kennedy Plaza on the boardwalk, which I know you have seen. There was a sculptor by the name of Fredakis that sculpted the most beautiful. Uh, sculpture of President Kennedy that's been there since 1964. For those who don't know, Atlantic City was the host city for the 1964 Democratic National Convention, which was supposed to be Kennedy's convention. But of course, he was assassinated the year before. Uh, So that is up there on the boardwalk as well. Uh, As you mentioned, those who think that Frank Morano somehow is, you know, in the tank and and lies about Atlantic City. I, I remind your audience every chance I get, Frank, that more people come to Atlantic City every year than Disney World's The Magic Kingdom. It's a great city. I, I would challenge anyone to top the rooms, the entertainment policy, the food and beverage. I mean, it's a great town. 
And uh, for me, even the aspects of it that are, are lacking are still pretty interesting to talk about. I find it uh, a pretty fascinating uh, f- conversation to have just about every aspect of the culture. We're talking with Harry Hurley, by the way, if you're just tuning in, you can hear him on uh, WPG. You can hear him occasionally uh, sitting in for Brian Kilmeade. Uh, what you mentioned earlier, Steve Sweeney, the New Jersey Senate president, being defeated. He obviously represented South Jersey very close to the casino industry. A lot of folks assume that once he went down, a movement that had been building for a long time, which was the movement to do away with smoking in casinos, would be essentially a fait accompli. I know this fight has been ramping up and things may be coming to a head. What's happening with the battle over banning smoking in casinos? The uh, Clean Air Act, which prohibits smoking basically everywhere indoors, carved out an exemption for the casino industry, which obviously for the casino industry, it's popular. There are a lot of their best players who love a drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other, possibly a cigar. Speaking to a great cigar aficionado, (laughs) Frank Morano, so you can appreciate that. And, of course, if you're a dealer and you have smoke being blown in your face, uh, you hate it. Uh, So it's been a a tremendous tug tug of war from the very beginning. This is the closest it's ever been to actually happening. And I believe what's going to happen is it's and it's languished for about a year. uh, And people are wondering, oh, my gosh, is it going to happen again? They won't post it. The votes are there. There's enough votes in the Senate and in the Assembly to pass it, and the governor has said he will sign it, uh, but yet it hasn't happened. So I think that Senator Scatari is not rushing to post it because the industry has done their own studies. They believe that economically it will be very disadvantageous. Uh, they don't want it. They want to keep it. You're going to see a negotiated settlement of some kind, and I think it will happen this year. Oh, you do. So, uh, all right. Well, you have a pretty good head for this stuff. So it's going to be. It it will not be passed necessarily, but word of a negotiated settlement will happen over the next couple of months. Hmm. Uh, Lastly, Harry, you know, Atlantic City, even when it was at its uh, nadir, when it was struggling, when you had five casinos all closed in the same year, even then. It was always really busy during the summer. When it goes into fall, when it goes into winter, that's when things are a little bit more uh, difficult to see how things are going. How do things look for Atlantic City going into the fall months? Well, very strong. Uh, Atlantic City uh, has a record number of conventions and events that are taking place. So when the business is there in the summer, you don't necessarily have to drive the special events, although this summer, and I think it was pandemic driven because so many people were just pent, the pent up demand was amazing. This was the the most events during the summer that I can ever remember. Uh, But during the off season, they drive a tremendous amount of convention business. Uh, Atlantic City, it used to be a four month town if you were lucky. It's a 12 month town. The business is always here. And it's either your summer nonstop, you know, uh, insanity or, and I mean that in a good way, or it's um, driving the business midweek, especially when it otherwise wouldn't be there with great events, such as this week, uh, New Jersey School Boards Association. Hmm. So there's always something going on in Atlantic City. Atlantic City is very competitive when they go across the country and bid on uh, bringing big events. Very desirable. 
Harry Hurley, it was uh, great to see you at your charity gala where uh, you honored Jeff Van Drew at a big re-election. I'm looking forward to being back uh, next year with uh, Brian Kilmeade, who's joining us next hour, as your uh, repeat honoree. And I will look forward to seeing you before that as well. Thanks so much, as always, Harry. Frank, great to be with you. Keep keep doing it. Thank you very much. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. midnight.